Okay, guys, quick announcement. A lot of you have shown uh, interest in this uh, gas for rubles news. Well, today there's been a further development. So just three hours ago, Vladimir Putin instructed to convert gas payments into rubles by March 31st. Today, day of recording, 28th. Russian President Vladimir Putin has instructed the government of the Russian Federation, the Bank of Russia and Gazprom to implement measures by March 31st. The government has been instructed to approve a directive to representatives of the Russian Federation on the Gazprom Board of Directors to amend existing gas supply contracts in terms of changing the payment currency for such contracts to the ruble, while maintaining the supply volumes, prices and pricing principles established by the contracts. I've seen news that uh, the G7 was it? Uh, refusing, just flat out refusing. The response to which Peskov has said that Russia will not supply gas to Europe for free. Uh, that was the statement from the Kremlin. So they, they are being very clear here. <laughs> Absolutely clear. And we need to understand the scale of the problem. So I'm going to direct you to visual visualcapitalist.com. Really, really great site in understanding the scale of the problem, visualizing the EU's energy dependency, uh, because I don't think that this is really communicated very well. The EU 27, of course, excludes the UK from here. Uh, thanks, Brexit. Um, actually, across the board, you can notice that a lot of countries have decreased their energy dependency from 2000 to 2020. Uh, Ireland was at 85.4%, now at 713 A lot of talk is made about Germany's dependency on Russian gas, but Germany is not the most exposed at all. The Netherlands, conversely, has increased from 383 to 68.1%, which is higher than Germany. Um, I think the highest includes Malta and Cyprus. These are like in the 90%. So Malta... <laughs> quite amusingly you can i don't know if you can see there 100.2 percent <laughs> that's hmm, quite interesting it must have been this what storage or something i don't know how that works um okay but let's get down because there's some other interesting uh, statistics here i, I really advise you uh go visualcapitalist.com and ha really study this yourself obviously i'm going to give you just a quick once over in uh, regards to it uh uh, for EU imports crude oil, United Kingdom is included here in this list at 4.9%, but Russia uh, supplies 26.9%. So we've talked about Saudi Arabia, they currently only supply 77 United States only 5.3% of crude oil, we're talking about here, crude oil. Um, moving over to solid fuel coal, which is another big one as well, 46.7% comes out of Russia. Russia mined 328 million metric tons of coal in 2020, making it the sixth largest producer in the world. Then we get to natural gas, which is 41.1%. So actually gas, uh, is less. there's uh, less gas coming in than there is coal. And no one's, no one's talking about coal. Putin did say, and other raw materials, uh, when he made this announcement about uh, rubles being the currency of payments, to unfriendly countries, uh, but nothing explicitly stated yet about coal or crude oil. Keep your eye on coal. Uh, India, I think, has bought up some coke, um, coking coal for their steel industry on the cheap as well. So deals being made. Let's get into some of these uh, little 
bullet points. Russia is not only one of the world's largest exporters of energy products, but it is also Europe's biggest supplier of these fuels. As of October 2021, Russia supplied 25% of all oil imported by the EU, which is three times more than the second largest trade partner. Remember, we talked earlier about Qatar saying they would simply maintain supplies. They wouldn't increase um, when it comes to oil and gas. I think it was actually natural gas. Uh, let's stay on topic, though. Here is an interesting little um, gr well table where I've sorted it in 2020 of the most dependent countries. You'll see Spain there, more exposed than Germany, 67.9, going all the way up to Malta, Cyprus, Luxembourg, and importantly, Greece. Greece at 81.4%. I've not really heard much mention about this. It's all sort of centered around Germany and Germany's upset. Uh, Germany is also behind Portugal, 65.3% presently. You'll notice how how much they have reduced, though. Portugal down from 85.3, down to 65.3 already. So measures have been made, same with Slovenia, Latvia, Denmark. It says in, in 2000, minus 35.9%. There is a note there that uh, Germany was a net... Germany. Denmark was a net exporter of energy for the year 2000. Not the case anymore. Um... I don't know the details of why that's the case. Where do EU's energy imports come from? Crude oil imports, 26.9 from Russia. Next down is Iraq at just 9%. Nigeria supplies quite a lot at 7.9%. Then we have Saudi Arabia. Kazakhstan is uh, also down there. Norway also providing 7%. Libya, 6.2%. United States at 5.3%. Then the United Kingdom at 4.9%. Azerbaijan. Uh, 4.5. Algeria as well on there at 2.4. Quite interesting. These were countries that you don't really hear of as um, oil exporters. Coal imports. Coal-fired power plants are still being used across the EU. Most member states expect to completely phase them out by 2030. But see, percentage of total, 46.7. Next on the list is the United States at 177 these are massive amounts to just switch over from. Russia has the second largest coal reserves in the world. I think, what, China has the first as the largest? In 2020, it mined 328 million metric tons, making it sixth largest producer globally, as we've already said. Natural gas imports, which we've heard a lot about. Uh, we can see here it's Russia, then Norway at 16.2, then Algeria at 7.6. Again, we've not heard too much from Norway or Algeria sort of stepping up, but we did hear from Qatar where they kind of said, meh, don't really care. Nord Stream 2 recently constructed expansion, which was expected to double the project's capacity. We'll get onto that in a little minute. Uh, then it's what's happened now. The proposals also discussed options for boosting Europe's domestic output, though the Commission's report notably excluded nuclear power. That's interesting because we'll go on to that report in just a little second. For various reasons, nuclear remains a polarizing topic in Europe, with countries taking either a pro or anti stance. If we have a look at the 10 point plan here, let's uh, just scroll quickly to the top. Uh, this was a press release from the IEA.org how Europe can cut natural gas imports from Russia significantly within a year. In 2021, the European Union imported. 155 billion cubic meters of natural gas from Russia 
accounting for around 45% of EU gas imports and close to 40% of its total gas consumption. 155 billion. So when good old Joe says they are going to increase the supply from the United States to 15 billion. Cool. That's a tenth. Well done. I'm just going to let you have that sink in for a bit. I thought I thought it was about 150, and I was looking at, at these big promises from the States, like, and? Anyway, uh, this is an interesting little visual here uh, regarding the consumption. So we can see 155. They believe with these measures, they can get it down, but they don't state where they project to get it down. I'm guessing it's, what, around uh, 100, 110? Well... Okay. Anyway, let's get into the 10 points. Do not sign any new gas supply contracts with Russia. Okay, but Putin has just said existing. Existing. How far they get with that, we don't know, because the Germans have threatened to go to the Stockholm arbitration. We don't know how effective that is either. Point two, replace Russian supplies with gas from alternative sources. We've just had a brief look at uh, you know, likes of Algeria, etc., Norway even as well. Whether they can ramp up production, we don't know. Whether they're willing to, we don't know. Um, introduce minimum gas storage obligations. The EU has struggled with that and got caught with their pants down last winter. Accelerate deployment of new wind and solar. Well, they're already doing that. They claim it will reduce gas use by 6 billion, but I don't know. I don't know. Number five, maximize power generation from bioenergy and nuclear. It does state nuclear here, certainly in the IEA 10-point uh, plan. So I'm not sure what the previous article really meant there when it said that nuclear was absent. Uh, perhaps they're referring to another 10-point plan. Enact short-term tax measures on windfall profits to shelter vulnerable electricity consumers from high prices. There's a gap in my knowledge there. I do not see how the government taxing energy companies for their windfall profits translates into lower prices for the consumer because my experience in the uk is government gets richer you still get poorer do please enlighten me and correct me if um, my understanding is wrong there number seven speed up the replacement of gas boilers with heat pumps again i don't see how that's feasible uh, i know in scandinavia that heat pumps are popular uh, they work and people have the space to do it i i don't know if in the cities if that means what municipal supply like they do in russia where they have centralized heating plants that then distribute to the local um, region to to the things where they, you have a fixed temperature in your pipes and it comes on when the state turns it on and it goes off when the state turns it off is that what they're envisaging for cities because i do not see how practically that is possible even if it was possible they claim it will reduce gas use by an additional two billion cubic meters within a year um, accelerate energy efficiency improvements in buildings and industry claim that's another two billion encourage a temporary thermostat reduction of one degree by consumers this has been quite a common theme in newspapers in england in the past few years reduce your thermostat so you need to go cold if you can and actually it does translate it does make a big difference even just one degree reduces gas use by some 10 billion cubic meters within a year mm -hmm. well i think money might also force people 
to turn the thermostat down by however many degrees that they can tolerate. But that doesn't sound too good. Uh, point number 10, step up efforts to diversify and decarbonize sources of power system flexibility. Okay, there's even a YouTube video. Fantastic stuff. So that's a roundup, and I do highly recommend that you have a little look through here to understand the scale of the the issue that EU is now struggling with. Um, they're not even they're not even claiming that they can come off Russian gas within a year. They're just claiming about reducing that dependency, and you can see that uh, the levels of the dependency, and just actually that Germany is kind of in the middle. It's not even the most exposed. Uh, not all of those countries are deemed unfriendly. Uh, so the others may well be okay, but I hope that has been enlightening for you because it certainly opened my eyes and was uh, a much easier way for me to digest and comprehend just the scale of the challenge. Otherwise, see you in the next one. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye.